yeah so yeah welcome everyone good evening welcome to another heaven's gate meeting lord i think i'm just going to make that statement a slogan <laughs> so um so yeah we're continuing our conversation on dreams <clears throat> and today's session is decoded part two you know and um we're continuing from where we left off last week so right before the session started i just went into meditation to get some <clears throat> direction for today's conversation and god just i said okay god what are we going to talk about today he said okay today you're going to start with peace i said what do you mean by peace he said peace you know when god gives those kind of words you know a single word like that even though it seems like nothing it's actually a seed and if you take that one word that seed that he plants in your heart and brood on it, you see how it starts to unfold into a tree. So when God gives us singular words like that, it's not inconsequential. Just like a seed is not inconsequential, inside of a mustard seed is a mighty tree in potential, you know. <clears throat> so when he said peace, I began to meditate on it, and I started to see how that word began to unfold in my heart. And then I now understood what he was talking about, you know. Obviously, we're in a time when the call to the supernatural is very loud in the atmosphere. And, you know, everyone is talking about the need to be more spiritually conscious, the need to be more spiritually active. And naturally, as a result of that, we're going to be talking about dreams because that is the first gateway into the supernatural. And now everyone is talking about dreams and, you know, everyone is not coming to, you know, discover the importance of dreams. And that has now created a sense of anxiety in most of our hearts, you know, the fear of missing out, FOMO, as they call it. So now we're like, oh, my God, oh, I don't understand the meaning of this dream. Oh, my God, I forgot this dream. Oh, what about these dreams I've had? Can anyone relate to what I'm talking about? Is anyone that can relate? Yes. Huh? <laughs> yeah, you know, so... You told me oh that there's a great deal of... God, yes. And it gets so yeah. overwhelming. Yes, you know. So you told me that there's a great deal of anxiety and, you know, worry that, oh, my God, we've missed something so important. And some of us will up like, oh, my God, I forgot this. <laughs> God said to tell us to be at peace, you know, to be at peace. Because the fact that we, we, the fact that we, are just discovering that everything around us is saying something, you know. Doesn't mean it hasn't always been like this. The truth is that no matter what we do, you know, we're going to miss out on a lot. In economics, there's a term called opportunity cost, you know, and it states that for every opportunity that you um, gain, you're losing something. So at any point in time, no matter what you do, you're going to, you're going to lose something. You're going to miss out on something. You know, you can't keep up with everything. So a part of us has to make peace with the fact that there are some things that we're not going to keep up with, you know. Because if we're always operating from the place of anxiety and fear of missing something or missing the boat and just rushing, 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 in that place, we become more focused on missing out than we are on actually hearing God. So one of the first and fundamental 
things that need to be done in order for us to be able to hear God clearly, especially from dreams and interpreting our dreams, is to be at peace, one, with forgetting a dream, you know. Be at peace with not being able to interpret a dream, you see. When I say be at peace with forgetting your dream, that doesn't mean that one will still carry out the practices to make themselves remember. But if you do all the right things that need to be done, but still the dream has not yet been recalled, it's much better for you to make peace with it than to live in anxiety. True or false? Sorry, what did you say? True. I said that. When you do all the necessary things to make sure that you can remember your dreams and all that, but you don't remember still, isn't it better for you to make peace with that than to be in anxiety and then miss out on whatever else you can gain over the rest of the day? I'm asking. Oh, yeah, much better. Uh-huh. One of my growing, teachers... Growing up, I, I was told children don't dream. So, in fact, <laughs> I grew up ah, like children don't dream. <laughs> you I can think imagine you Joseph dream. and Daniel. they dream a lot yeah when you come and tell them your dream they tell you children don't dream oh that's not true at all i mean fundamentally if you look at babies you know especially the very young ones um, you realize that their their pupils are very dilated you know it's they're they're physically looking at you but their iris their their um, their iris is not focused on anything. That's because as their children, most of their vision is in the immaterial planes of nature. They see more in the spiritual than the physical. It's gradually they start coming into physical. Children are very very prophetic, very very prophetic, and that's why, especially because I know a great deal of us are all within the rudiments of forty-five and below. It's necessary for us to know this, you know, because. If we as people have not prepared our own selves in order to harness the supernatural, we can't prepare kids, you know? And when we don't have the necessary tools to function in this sphere, we will be afraid. And with good reason, of course, why would you want your child to venture into something that in some way or form you cannot control? You don't know what they're opening themselves to, you know? So this is why we need to learn these things now so that we can also guide our kids because we're, our children are going, and especially because as we're beginning this spiritual walk, it's when we talk about spirituality. When something begins to alter in your spirit, it changes your DNA in a sense. And those who come from your loin, it to be it to manifest in them. That's why you see you can see with, with witches, it continues in the bloodline because it's not just spiritual; it's also physical. So everything that is changing in you is being recorded in your DNA and it will pass down to your kids. And you have to be able to be ready to create an atmosphere in which that nature of God, that spiritual aspect of themselves can come out naturally. But when from childhood, you know, we truncate them, tell them, oh, don't dream, you are going to witch this and that. We subconsciously kill that unfolding of the mystical, which is in every single one of us. You know. I find it good in this moment to just explain the word mystical because this is a word that has a very negative connotation. You know. 
The word mystical is of Greek origin and it is rooted in the word mayin. The word mayin means secret. That's what it means, secret. That which is concealed. From the word mayin, we have the Greek word musterion, which Paul wrote about when he said, behold, I show you a mystery. In Greek, that word is musterion, you see. So from that word mayin, musterion, we have mystery, we have mystical, we have mysterious. All of them relate to the invisible, concealed aspects of nature. Do you understand that? Yes. Huh? So in the concealed aspects of nature, in the secret aspects of nature, in the hidden aspects of nature, you are going to find good and bad. So the fact that the word mystical is properly, is commonly associated with bad people doesn't mean that it's, so, it's simply for bad people. Because the word mystical talks about that which is invisible, that which is spiritual, that which is concealed. And in that place, you find good and bad. So when I say the mystical is in every single one of us, please, I'm not speaking of witchcraft. You know, Even though a witch can be a mystical person, like I said, mystical is not a good or bad word. It simply denotes that which is concealed and it can be applied to anyone, anywhere. <clears throat> so yeah, um, I had a teacher, one of my teachers back in the day, he, he, he very, very deeply spiritual individual, very deeply, very, 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 very spiritual. Very, very awakened. But with all his awakenness and all his light, a time came where for two years, God shut off his light. And for two years, he didn't remember any dream. For two years, he meditated without seeing anything. For two years, blackout. You see? For two years, he had a complete blackout. And in that time, what God wanted to achieve in him by blacking him out was to develop a resilience in his heart, which will be necessary for what God wanted him to do in the coming days. Now, in those two years that God blacked out his sight, assuming he stopped all his practices, assuming he stopped his consecration, assuming he stopped his discipline, he, that light would have completely gone and it would have never come back. But because he made peace with the fact that, because it's not about seeing vision, it's not about, it's not about any of these things. All these things are means to an end. You see, that end will always be the unity with the spirit of the immortal Christ. That is a destination of all creation. That is, that is our ultimate aim. You know, that's our ultimate goal in life. And he understood that. And he knew that. And he made peace with that. And for two years, this is someone who has trained a lot of people. He could not even remember his dream. <laughs> for two years you see it's not about being able to remember dream or interpret dream it's not about any of these things all these things that means to an end you know it's about seeking first the kingdom of God seeking his heart seeking his counsel and if you are seeking that you will always find peace. So I'm saying this to every single one of us to begin to approach all these things from a place of peace. 
Are we understanding this? Yep. From a place of peace, not anxiety. Even though there's a rush, yes, that rush has an intention of spurring all of us into awakeness, into activity to get us to stop sleeping and laying down. You know, God is the one that has increased the noise, you see. And he knows, of course, when the noise increases, anxiety will be the outcome. And that's why he sent me to say this message as a counterbalance. My message in this time is not saying the noise should stop. I'm counterbalancing it. Do you understand what I'm saying? So that as the noise is coming and as we are being spurred up to grow, the negative aspect of it, the con of it, is eradicated. And that con is anxiety. So let us not, let us not approach any of these things from anxiety or fear or worry or any of those things. Let us, let us have peace. Let us have peace as we begin to engage all these things. There's a lot of time. Don't worry if you spend, oh my God, my goodness, for the past 20 years, for the past 30 years, Jesus, oh, I've missed us. No, let's not do any of those things. The most important time is right now. And that is what is important, you know. That which you are supposed to remember, that which is supposed to come back to you, will come back in its own time. And we have to be at peace with that. So yes, as God said, begin with peace. And this is what I have now done in this moment, you know, for us to be at peace. Nanya, don't worry, you know, with the meditation, be at peace. Continue the practice, but be at peace even if things are not happening. Is it even possible that something God is deliberately not showing anything because he wants you to increase your resilience? He needs that resilience. There's a pastor called um, Todd White. I heard his story. And he's, I, apparently he's very famous for being a miracle worker, you know, healing people, broken legs, um, blind eyes, and many things like that, you know. Before the first miracle was performed through his hand, this man had 800 plus failures. 800 plus failures, you see, before one miracle was, was successful. Now, one would think that that man failed 800 times, but that is not true. Because every time he attempted, there was something that was building up inside of him. There was something that was growing inside of him. Is at the 800 or something time that that which had been growing all these years now manifested. And that's why he's been running for so many years. Do you know? So oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. So is it like when you pray for healing and you pray on it and nothing happens and, you know, you keep on, keep on, keep on. And like after a while, then you start to see changes. You start to see your body is actually getting better. There's so many factors that come to that, you know. See, at the end of the day, when you say pray, you know, the question to ask ourselves, well, your prayer, what is it inspired by? A lot of people, they go and they say they want to pray for someone, but their inspiration is fear, you know. Oh, my God, I don't want this person to die. I don't want this to happen. And it's that spirit of fear that is motivating them to prayer. And when they pray, they say, God, why didn't you answer me? Well, you're not praying to God. You are praying to your fear because that's what moved you. That's what made you to speak, you know. Also, we could pray for our pride. Oh, I want to prove to these heathens, this, 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 this kind of people that my God has power. And, and we say, let me lay. But it's pride that is causing us to pray. It's not God. It's not faith that is causing us to pray. So do you understand what I'm saying? 
because there are prayers like that. Can anyone relate to what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. Yep, yeah, I can. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, you know, and a lot of quote-unquote believers are guilty of that. You know, we say, oh God, I want to make you, uh, my. I, I want to show the world your power. Why don't you give me power so I can show the world? What we're really saying is, God, I want everyone to know that you are with me. I want them to, it's pride, you see. And that's why it's failing because it's not coming from a place of compassion. And how you know it's pride is, for example, someone is in your room now, sick, maybe broken leg or something. You lay hands on them, nothing happens. Someone comes and lays hand on them and they jump up and walk. You're not saying, but God, why did you do? You not start to get angry. Why are you angry? Are you not supposed to be happy that this person was healed? So why are you angry that it wasn't you? You see? So in that moment, you see that your motives were not right. And, and that's why it didn't work. Because your heart was not in the right place. You know? When you study the scriptures and you see Jesus Christ, whenever he wanted to perform any miracle, you see, it's always, be, it's always right. And he was moved in compassion. Because that's the force that drove him. The, the desire to see that suffering in the person end. True love and compassion, not pride. And that's why it worked every time. You see. But most of the time, our heart is not in the right place. And when nothing happens, we start to blame God. But it's not God. It's us, you know. So I'm not saying all these things to begin to reorient our minds, to understand that which is important, what really matters. So yeah, being able to remember one's dreams and prophesy and all these things, this is not a measurement of spiritual growth, you see. I'm sure, like, you know, you read the story, the, the transformation story I shared, you know. Before all those things happened, there was a lot of prophecy, you know. There was a lot of laying on hands, people fall down the ground. There was all kinds of miracles happened. But yet, see all the things that I ended up doing. So that tells you that that person, even with all that stuff, I was still a child. I was still very foolish. Even to now, I'm foolish to a degree, you know, but all these things are not measurements. As a matter of fact, then, my eyes were much more open then than it is now in regards to things of the spirit. But with all that, I could still fall into all this kind of nonsense. So let us use prophecy and vision as a measurement of spiritual maturity. It's not. Spiritual maturity is measured by the degree to which the nature of Christ unfolds through us. If you meet a person who has never been able to see any vision in his life or prophesy in any way in his life, but his character, his nature, just by being in his environment or high environment, people flourish naturally. Love and peace, just that person has more light and any of the greatest prophets are standing and thus says the Lord, thus says the Lord, they'll be bombed here, they'll be bombed there. Understand there's a purpose for that, you see. I'm not trying to ridicule people who do that because there's a purpose for that. If there wasn't a purpose for that, God will have them speak. But that is not the measurement of spiritual maturity. I've seen some certain individuals on the internet. If you see their prophecy, pinpoint, they will stand on the pulpit and they will look at you, they will open your scroll, and they'll tell you the day you were born. They'll tell you the day your mother was born. They'll tell you how many... And they can see it. It's true. Because every single person upon you is like a scroll. And we can open it. 
and all your details are there and it can be read. You see, it's not, it's not, uh, that's not the measurement of anointing. That just tells you that such person has developed their, a bit their clairvoyance, their inner eyes. And there is a methodological way to really engage and expand these things. So it's not, these things are not measurement of spiritual maturity. So let's not use those things as measurement, you know. Don't get overly fascinated with that. Though it has its place, but that is not the root. That's not the foundation. Because I've seen some of these people who, you know, they stand and they prophesy accurately and this and that and that and that and that. But when you see their character, you find out that people being in the presence of them are diminished, are broken. Life is taken from them. That is not Christ, you see. So we need to start to reorient our thinking, you know, in order to know that which is important. Exactly for me, you know, though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal, said Paul. Absolutely. So it's not about all these lofty things. All these things are like salt and pepper that are meant to garnish the dish, you know. There's nothing special about a food looking so visually appealing, but in the mouth is trash. So all these aesthetics are good only when the foundation is present. And that foundation is the nature of God, the character. So personally, I am not excited by people who show, I, I honestly, because I've really been there, you know, and I've, I've been stupid, very silly, and I thought all these things mattered. So it, it, honestly, it doesn't carry much weight uh, for me anyway, you know, so it doesn't mean anything. What matters is the character. And that is what we should look for in people we meet. And that is what we should look for in ourselves. Not knowledge, not information, not any of these things. Character is the foundation. If it's not there, forget it. Whatever gifts we have, it will lead us to ruin. Telling the truth. When new wine enters an old wine skin, everything becomes ruined. That gift that God has put in you, it will lead you to pride. It will lead you to jealousy. It will lead you to envy. It will lead you to mad. It will destroy to pieces. I mean, haven't you seen many people like that? Truth be told, let's be, let's be honest. Haven't you seen many people like that? Uh, I've seen. You know? I've seen. Yeah. I know some people like that. I know. No I know people. All <laughs> of us know. You know, all of us know. So we're not talking about people now. We're talking about characters. We're talking about nature, you know. And we all know people who have this kind of natures, and it's fact. Not saying that prophet, because there are people who are extremists that say, oh, okay, remove vision. No, 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 I'm not saying remove it. I'm saying that when this is there, this must also be there because both are important. So I want us, as we're beginning to grow and build ourselves in this work, let us keep everything in mind. Character is good, but it's also good to have vision. But vision without character will put us in trouble, you know. So this is just the way for us to begin to approach all these things. So yeah, you know, with dreams, um, I want us to have peace as we're beginning to engage these things, you know. And actually, you know, God told me on Tuesday, he said, it's time, on Monday, sorry, 
He said, it's time to go back to the foundation and build from the roots, you know? So from next week, because even though on the group chats, we originally were arranged that on Tuesdays, we're going to have the academy sessions and Friday we'll have these sessions, but God told me that it's not going to be a Friday and we'll be building from there, you know? So, um, so next Friday is going to be the academy session and that's how it's going to be every Friday like that. So we'll be meeting once a week. Um, we'll be meeting once a week and um, we're going to start from the foundation. We're going to build up. Um, Chisum, um, yeah, there's a group chat. I'm going to send you a link to the group chat. Though we are, I'll send you, I'm going to post the link to the group chat now so you can join. And um, one second. I'm going to post it right now and you can join or anyone else. Um, though we're, we're um, moving to Telegram tomorrow because the group chat is now too small. Exactly, Oyinko is now emerged. So everything is just going to be the academy, you know? So we're all going to build everything together and we're all going to grow together and learn together. You know, we're just going to start from the foundation and build everything so that this, this structure is rigid. You know, when it's not just that we can talk about dreams, but we understand it scripture. We understand everything well. So that's what God wants to achieve so that we are very strong, sturdy feet, you know? So yeah, um, this is what God wants us to do, you know, and build together. Because right now, what God is doing is an update has come. And this is how nature is. Lol, but let's talk about dreams. I don't know where we're going, but I'm just going with the flow. <laughs> an update has come, you know. And just like an iPhone, when you have to update from the iOS 12 to the iOS 13, the iOS 12 has to be disintegrated. First, when it's disintegrated, then a new one is built in its place, a new and better one. Now, this new and better one has in itself everything that iPhone 12 has, but more. So when we talk about the restructuring, the tearing down of the old, it doesn't mean that the spirit of the old is gone. No, it's the same spirit. But now a new and bigger and better expression is coming. You see. So now, for example, the church is about to go out before it was stuck in a building for a time. And that was important. It was important that we stayed in those buildings. It was important, you know, and it served its purpose. But now the church is about to become hybrid and express itself in different facets and ways to the point where a whole city can be a church. And everywhere you go, the presence of the power of God is felt mightily. That's what God is trying to achieve, you see. So a lot of things are about to be on earth. A lot of, whew, I'm excited. <laughs> so I want yeah. us to prepare our minds to, yeah. I want us to prepare our minds for the new. But as we prepare our minds for the new, we have to be ready to question everything. We will have to be ready to question. Because when an age where information is being disseminated in a very violent way, and it's God that did it like that. This calls for an even more acute discernment. So now in this age we're entering into, what's special is not the access to knowledge. What is going to be special is the ability to discern which from which, 
even if you have the right, even if you have knowledge that is validated, how do you know this particular knowledge is for you right now? So it's not just about having knowledge or having this mystery or beginning to break down. No, it's not about any of these things. What is for you in this moment? You see? So this is where we're entering into, you know? Because I've met a lot of people, you know, who have read a lot. Because the information is everywhere. And you meet them, they've read a lot. And you just see they want to immediately show you their intellectual muscle and speak big grammar and everything. But you just listen to their heart. And all you just hear is death. Nothing exciting about it, you see. And they believe just because they can speak big grammar and this, that it means that they are the light. These all these things are, are worthless, you see. Jesus Christ is the most intelligent man that's ever lived. But look at the simple words he was using to speak. But we must understand that true simplicity is like a seed. It's very small in its appearance. But you see, inside of that tiny seed exists a mighty tree in potential. If you know the soil to put it in. Do you understand? Yeah. Yes. You know? So... When a wise man uses, says three words or four words that look simple, yes, it's simple, but true simplicity is very complex, you know? And true complexity is very simple. So it's not about speaking big words. It's also not about speaking simple words. It's about letting the spirit flow and do what it has to do in each time. So there's a restructure happening. There's a rebuilding. A lot of old things are, you know, and... You see, it's not as if we're, the, 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 the church that raised all of us are bad. They're not bad. But it's a time for us to upgrade, to meet the standard of the world, to, to meet the, the needs of the world in this time. And those who are just like companies, you know, in the past 10 years, everything started to go digital. Any company that refused to go digital faded away. And every company that decided to go digital remained relevant, you know? And the same will apply with the churches. There are a lot of things that God is moving into now. Those who have vision will see it and they will update with the move of God. But the ones that will fade away are the ones who, just like the Pharisees, say, ah, we're staying up with my, the man of yesterday, we'll never leave. And that's what's going to happen. Not because what they have is bad. But you see, the manna that was good on Monday, on Tuesday, will now become worms. The same thing that liberated you, that fed you on Monday, on Tuesday, is this very thing that will imprison you and poison you. Look at Nigeria. The same people that fought for our freedom are the ones that are keeping us bound. True or false? Abby? True. 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 Very so, true. So, very, once very upon true. a time, they were very good. And God blessed them for what they did. But now, who they were is no longer sufficient to meet the issue of today. We need something more than that. It doesn't discredit the great work they did. God bless them. But that was yesterday's manner. Today's manner has come. And we have to take it with joy and respect for, for the work those who came before us did, you know. Yeah, that's what's happening. It's not because they, they are failures. How can we say that? A lot of us here, even if we're not deep Christians, because of the works of people like Pastor Adeboye, Bishop Oyedepo, and um, 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 Pastor Kumuyi, and all these very tremendous people, 
all of us know the Bible, at least we know some simple stories. That is a phenomenal work. That thing that they did, that millions of people in West Africa at least have heard the name Jesus and at least have some stories in their hearts. That is a mighty work. They did a massive groundwork. People might laugh at Rehan Bonky, say, no, you just come and gather 80 million people, but then what happens next? They have made a foundation. And that was what they came to do. What is next is for those who are going to carry the work and push it further without insulting those who did the work originally or who laid the foundation. Everyone has their purpose, you see. Not saying they don't have their excesses, they do. But the fact that they have excesses doesn't mean that they did not fulfill the work that God gave to them. The manner of that day, they delivered it and they, they delivered it well. And the testament of the success of their delivery is that we here can wake up and see their flaws. A teacher is successful when his student can say, oh, hey, there's a mistake there. That is the, that's the most glorious thing that can happen. That shows that your work has been so successful that now they can see beyond you. That is, that is evolution. So that we are beginning to see more visions than our fathers, begin to do this. This is what is supposed to be normal. There's nothing fantastic about this. And this, there's nothing to be, to, we shouldn't be proud because of this and start to feel, oh, they have no consequence. Impossible. Impossible. There will always be value for a head of gray. Always. A head of gray will always have value. 50 years, organizing people, keeping them together, that knowledge is not something you can read in books. I'm telling you the truth. So even if we can preach and prophesy and all these things, to manage 10 people, some of us who have tried it before, we, we know what it's like. Not to talk of millions and keeping them together. Come on. I want us to really reevaluate a lot of things because I see on the internet a lot, people are so slanderous and disrespectful and no, no, it's not good. You know, yes, a new is coming, but that the new is coming doesn't mean that that old didn't have value in its time. Once upon a time, it was, it was manna to kill animals for, 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 to appease God, not to appease God, but for cleansing, so to speak, you know. It's in the Bible. They did it once. But the time for that passed. Africans didn't follow the wave. And that's why you see how people who are cutting chicken and killing goats and all these things. Well, you can't just completely call them bad people because once upon a time, this was manna. It's just that they didn't move beyond it. I don't, do you guys understand what I'm saying? So all this Babalawa sacrifice, once upon a time, it was good. This was what was, uh, this was what was permitted. It was all over the world. But a time for that passed. And they did not follow the wave of change. And that's when they became evil. Because the manner that feeds us today, the thing that liberates us today, is the very thing that will be a cage for us tomorrow. And that's why we have to have in mind that always knows that every step we enter into is a box. And just like primary two, we once upon a time got to the end of primary two and we broke out of that box into primary three to primary four to primary five, whatever dimension of existence you are now, whatever dimension of experience of God you are in now is a box. It might be a massive box. It might be so gargantuan that it seems as though this has, um, 
boundless limits, but it's still a box. And sooner or later, you're going to get to the extent and then it will have to break. And when that time comes, if you don't allow that box to break, that box that once liberated you will be the very thing that will keep you prisoned. And this is what happens to a great deal of people. Look at now, cryptocurrency is coming in. Banks are not wise. They don't understand the philosophy of change and evolution. Instead of them to see how they can completely key into this, they're still fighting. If they, they will become obsolete. So this concept of change is not only religion, it's in every aspect of life. It's a universal principle. And those who refuse to go with the wave of change, they get forgotten and they get left behind. And whatever they're doing becomes obsolete, you see. So we're in that hour where change is imminent, you know, and God is moving us into more. And this more contains everything of yesterday. Because before you can stand up and say, yes, I have someone who is now, I now have a message beyond redeemed Christian sort of God. All the, you know, people like to call all these kind of names. You, for you to say you have a message beyond that, you have to have fulfilled everything that redeemed was designed to fulfill. If you can't fulfill anything there, you've not really grown. Because Jesus Christ, when he came and said, I'm beyond the law of Moses. He said, do you think I came to abolish the law? I didn't come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill it. He didn't break the law of Moses. He upheld it even to a greater degree than Moses even permitted. Because he had the spirit of the law. So if we say, oh, I'm about to evolve this particular group. Yes, you better evolve. But inside of you has to be everything that is better in quality and nature than what that group possesses. If not, what are we evolving from? You know. So this group that we're talking about, you can say, I've evolved this particular group but yet you still have all the excesses of the group. No, evolution means that you take only the best parts and more. So if you are evolving from this group, you are taking from them the best parts and you are even going beyond that. But if you still have all the flaws, there's no evolution there, you see? So I want us to rethink a lot of these things as we we, you know, we, we, we say we're bigger than this group and, you know, it's a, it's a common thing that's going on now. And, but yet we're still carrying out the same mistakes. Then where is the evolution? So I hope this little word served as some um, kind of charge to us, you know. And um, yeah, Fumi, go ahead. Okay, so I have a question. You were talking about the old and still honoring the old, which I get that. But I feel like a lot of us have uh, church hurts, especially because mm. of the things of the old. And uh, even till today, when I, if a church service is sounding a little bit too much like my mom's church, I start getting irritated. I'm just like, <laughs> Do you get what I mean? So like, there's still that bit of resentment or dislike towards it. So it's like, how do you move past that? Now, well, that's a good question. How do you move past that? How do you move past that? First of all, you have to recognize that this is something that you have to move past. And moving past hurts is not leaving the place that caused it, you see. Even though you might need to do that for some time in order to gather strength to go back and fight that battle, but moving past hurt is to be able to be in that same place where this thing was done and be fine and okay. Because mm. one thing mm. that is a sign of maturity is the ability to entertain a contrary idea without agreeing with it. 
You see? Mm. I'm listening to what you're saying. It's completely against everything I stand for, but I'm still at peace. I'm not troubled. Wow. That is, you know, that's a sign of maturity. So when we're still, a pastor is preaching a particular thing that is against whatever we've come to believe and our body is still catching fire, that in itself shows that we ourselves don't have understanding. Why are we catching fire? You know? So that is an aspect in our heart that we have to allow God to cut out because that is an infection of the group of yesterday. And if you carry this into the new, God will make sure that you perish in the wilderness. You will not enter the promised land with that. It's true. <laughs> Sorry. I just mm. came so hard with that. <laughs> Can I add to that? Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, I, I grew up with the, with the radio set, not the television. So music is my thing. I play a mm. lot of music. And then I'm in church. I hear rendition of music. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not how it should sound. And it became mm-hmm. a problem. But someday, I just felt this prompt. Hmm. The, 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 the worship, is it for you or for me? And at that point, I knew, okay. I was enjoying it for myself, not giving God praise. It's supposed to help me worship him. So most of the time, like you said, God should cut it out for you. You have to listen to him and... At that point, he gave me something I'll never forget. During praise and worship, it's when I write. I mm. keep a journal. And funny how I started keeping a journal. I was chasing my wife. And if I repeat the same gist, the next conversation <laughs> is trouble. So I started journaling. But that led to... <laughs> <laughs> it led to me journaling my prayers. Mm. So when praise and worship is going on, it became a habit. I started journaling. And after a while, I noticed when it was time for the word, it's more like giving me back what I have journaled. So it became a confirmation of what he keeps telling me. So I used the words from the um, the present worship to talk to God. Mm. So the thing is, we now have to learn to listen to him. And that too is not because we study. Uh-uh. It's from him. Hmm. I learned that the hard way. I was broke and rock hmm. bottom, and then he taught me. <laughs> <It's so laughs> but but he, he taught me that if I tune 96.9, I will not get rhythm FM, I will get cool FM. Yes, yes, yes. So do you know the frequency on which he talks to you? On God, you and God converse. Once we're able to figure that out and we have these problems, you can now. Um, listen to him to direct you. And by the way, I came from a Catholic background, so you know how mm. that was. It was difficult for me to transition from the structure to just let him flow. Mm. Absolutely. So listen to him. He's always talking to you. It's just that we have subjected him, sent him back to the background. So when he's giving us um, um, direction on how to handle those Mm. we do not hear him because we'll suppress him so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm so glad you even brought up the Catholic Church, you know, because 
a lot of people they slander the Catholic Church. Oh, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. How can how can one talk like that? For something to have lasted for fifteen hundred years, and how can we say there's nothing there? You know that that in itself is a mistake. You know, throwing away the baby with the bathwater. There's so there's so much that because the Protestants broke out of the Catholic Church and threw away a lot of things. There's, there's just been so much truth about God that has been lost. You know, one of them is the the art of meditation and contemplation. I'm sure we've seen the rosary that the Catholics have, you see. The rosary was a tool that people used in order to concentrate when, because you know, like we always say that because the mind wanders, you have to give it toys to play with. And that's why, you know, we recite certain things, you know, you are repeating the Lord's Prayer or Psalm 91 or this in order to kind of put the mind to sleep so that your consciousness can escape and perceive God without hindrance. So that's what they use the rosary for. So they sit and they, and they enter into meditation. And as they're counting the beads, it's a kind of distraction for the mind so that the mind stops running up and down and stops zoning. Because, you know, if you sit down to meditate, you don't see that all of a sudden your mind is just going left, right, up, down. So that rosary they had was a tool they used to keep the mind still so that one can perceive into the spirit easily. Many different practices like that that were very beautiful, you know. The fantastic cathedrals that they built have an intention of penetrating the consciousness of anyone who enters inside. When you enter and you see the grand building, you say, oh my God, it penetrates the depths of your soul and it awakens something inside of you. That was the concept. That was, that was what all those things were meant to symbolize. Even though it, it became, it, 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 uh, it, um, the, it decided to abuse it, you know. The whole point of the Pope, because people, if I tell you to... Um, um, look forward to that which is beyond you and let that, let that um, what's, what's what I can use? If I tell you, aspire for something that is beyond, you can't do it without an object because our minds are very small. If I tell you to, to run a race without putting an object in front of you to serve as a milestone, you'll not be able to do anything. So that's why they had a Pope Someone grand and lofty and, you know, to inspire you to say, I want to move towards his direction. The Pope was supposed to serve as a milestone, not a destination. But people, miss, they, along the line, the purpose of that Pope got lost. And he started making it look as if he's the destination and what, no. You know, sometimes it's necessary that God puts a particular person to make people aspire but it's not to aspire to that person. That person is just a tool to help them, you know, because the mind needs an object to hold on to in order to run because we don't know how to hold on to abstract things, you know? So that's the purpose of the Pope, putting that figure with, you know, with the very expensive and regal attire, you know, it's, it has an intention of inspiring people to just press forward. And when you press forward, that person who you've aspired towards will tell you, hey, look at where you're going. It's not me. There. And that's, that was the original intent. But along the line, a lot of things got lost and everything, you know. And there was a time when it was necessary that they didn't give the books to people. Because in that time, people were adulterating a lot of things. And that's why they had to keep the Bible in Latin, a language that people could not speak. There was a purpose for all of those things, you see. But a time came when the wind of change came. And now, even though it was good to keep the Bible from the masses yesterday, the time to give it to them came 
and they were still holding on to yesterday's manner. Are you understanding this thing I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I do. You know? yeah. 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 You know? So Solomon said, what was is what is and what will be. There's nothing new under the sun. So this transition that's happening now, it's been happening so many times. It's always been like this. And there were always people who say, I will not change. Um, the old way is the only way. How that can the old way be the only way when the world is changing? You know, if you take a lion from the wild just for five years, if you put him back in that wild, that lion will be dead in a month because the world has changed. And because that lion was not there to adapt to the change, he can't survive there anymore. So if that is true in the forest, how can we not think it's true in the city? Of course, things must change. The approach must change. The language must change. The form must change. So life is not rigid. The spirit is the same, but the form has to change. If survival is going to be there, you know, once upon a time, the Bible was read in long scrolls that were 80 feet long. But look at us now on the mobile phone while we're talking about God. But there are some people too now who consider themselves to be, oh, holy, holy, I must read only the book. There's truth in that. You know, the truth is that if the piece of paper has some kind of, and back then, when people used to make books like Bible and all these kind of things, it wasn't just normal. They knew how they would, quote unquote, magnetize the books to have a kind of energetic potency. It wasn't just a normal book. You know, those papers were not normal. If you hold on to it, it does something to you. Then, that was, that's the reason why people like to hold books and paintings and all those things, because those paintings have a spiritual dimension to them that has been charged in a certain kind of way that if you come into his presence, it can do something. So there's a reason for a lot of things, you know, but the time, times are different. And now that it's time to spread the knowledge more openly, books like that, it's, it's much harder for them to spread. Just like now, look at us on Zoom. Obviously, we know that meeting in person is the best, quote unquote. But what happens when we're not able to do so? We will not say we won't meet. So this is how the world is changing. And there's some people who say they will, never, they will never go on Zoom, that God is not meant for the internet. It's... There's truth in what they are saying, but it's not complete. You guys understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah. It actually reminds yeah. me of... Huh? I do. It really... I said I do. It actually really reminds me of an instance that came to mind. Um, you know, Genesis was speaking about how when you're walking with God, you must always be nimble because there will come a time, like you're saying, God will say, do A. And God will say, all right, the time for A has stopped. It's now time to do B. And I remember um, during the NSAS process, I wanted to go to the process. And there was a time when the Holy Spirit actually led me to the process grounds to let you pray. And I stayed there and I, I was on the process grounds, right? And then after some time, the Holy Spirit was like, okay, stop going. It's okay. And I didn't want to answer because it was it was really it felt really good to go there and you know learn my voice and da, 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 da. but I just knew that the Holy Spirit was starting to tell me like enough is enough, it's time to pack it up and move. And funny enough, on the very day of the the October 20th, uh, I got an instruction: do not go today, stay at home and pray. Mm. And that very day was when the massacre happened. And I think it was mm. just basically God saying that the move had started. He's the one that stirred up the process, but enough. Oh yeah, it's time to move to a different phase now where I know I'm not I'm done with that yes. and the difficulty is that you get attached to the first thing that God said and it's, it's difficult to move because you've already gotten attached to the first method that he said so like Genesis yes. are just being nimble 
and being moldable. It's time to move. When the Holy Spirit says shift, it's time to shift. Yes, and it's true. Like, for example, look at this call now. I wrote decoded interpretation of dreams. Look at this one hour now. What's he talking about? God knows what. <laughs> I've been fighting God since that I'm talking. I've been fighting God since for the, you don't know. <laughs> I've been fighting him because I already have what I've planned to do. <laughs> I'm like, this guy, what's your problem? Why are you spoiling this? <laughs> you know, but um, we have to learn how to go with the spirit. You know, we have to learn how to allow him to lead us, you know. And that's why before any conversation we have, I, I, I don't make notes. You know, I don't. I don't even study before the conversation because all these things, this panic, studying this, this, all this, it makes, it just restricts God. It restricts God, you know. So if everything I've studied for the past God knows how long is not sufficient to allow me to speak spontaneously, then everything I've learned is useless. That's what God said to me. So you can't say, oh, now that you want to talk about this, it's now that you want to start reading. Stop that. So ever since then, before the meeting, I got like now nah, before the meeting, I just went to get some yogurt and some nuts. I was just eating and just relaxing myself because I can't kill myself. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, the Holy Spirit flows much easier when we're at ease. Stop when it's all tense and tight, and when we're at ease, you know ready to turn. You know, what makes a footballer great is his ability to change direction spontaneously. You know, he can switch at any time. You know, that's what, and that's why in their training, they always teach them how to just change direction quickly and pick up acceleration quickly. That's how God wants us to be, to be able to just adapt and move and move and move, you know? Look at now, I was speaking with someone the other day about the meeting, because we've been doing these Friday meetings for so long, you know, then God said, okay, uh, start from the academy, start everything again. I said, okay, no problem. And I said, okay, we'll be doing Tuesday and Friday. God said, no, 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 no more Tuesday and Friday. I started to have headache. I said, what are you talking about? I've been doing this, you know? <laughs> headache, I started having headache. And in my mind, God started to put in my face that, oh, are you not the one that's been talking about change or form change? Look at you now. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I'll tell you. These past two days, I've been having a headache. Even I've been posting all this, I've been having a headache. I said, God, what are you doing? Why are you spoiling everything? <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, yeah, you know, transition must come, you know? And, yes, roommate, I was stressed, man. I was stressed. <laughs> you know, I was so stressed. I myself became very rigid in the form that we had been using, you know, and when God was like change direction, I started having headaches and, but I thank God, you know, and um, even Telegram, I don't like Telegram. <laughs> I've never liked that app. It's just ugly, <laughs> you know? So when everyone was crying, I was, I was with you too. I was crying with you, you know? <laughs> You're cracking me up. <laughs> Let me turn off my mic. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, it's uh, change, you know, change, change, and um, change, you know, it's, it's uncomfortable, you know, but just like the footballer, we have to learn how to be spontaneous, you see. But that we're spontaneous doesn't mean that we can't stay in one direction continuously, because you see people who are, don't know how to stay in one place, no, we should be able to stay in one place, and when we're there, we're building very well, 
But when it's time to get up and move, we're moving too. And that's what the book of Exodus was teaching. Is he Exodus? No, no, no. I think um, Vaikra. In the, what's the name of this book? Um, I'm trying to think of English. Um, when they were moving, when they were moving in the desert. In Hebrew, it's called Bamidbar, but what's the English book? Exodus. Not, isn't, is it Exodus? When they entered the desert and they were moving with the pillar of cloud? Yes. It's Exodus. Okay, yeah. Exodus, yeah. So it's Exodus. Aha, uh-huh. thank you, thank you, thank you. So they were, they were, um, whenever God stops in that place, they'll build the camp. They'll build everything, right? It's not as if they are just like living like uh, anyhow. When God says stop, they'll build everything. But when he says move, everything that they've built, they'll pack it and move again. And that's how it is because life is in consistent motion. You observe the blood in your veins. It's always moving. It's always flowing. It's motion. God is motion, you know. And that's why the name that God gave to Moses, he said, who shall I say sent me? He said, tell them, Eheye, Asher, Eheye, sent you. Though it's commonly translated as, I am that I am. Eheye, Asher, Eheye means I will be what I will be. So that even gives us an understanding that God is not limited to anything because his name is I will be what I will be. So he becomes what he needs to be per time. Yes, once upon a time, because you are very new in your work, God allowed you to be, allowed you to shout and do these things. But a time will come where you he won't let you do that. And if you are still holding on to the God that was doing that to you five years ago, you don't realize that times have changed. Then that's when we become frozen, you know, and then we don't grow because God, God is not rigid. God becomes what he needs to become per each time. And that is the kind of nature he's trying to build inside of us. People who are able to be rigid and also able to be flexible. It's a paradox. It's a union of both. You know? And that is especially what he's trying to unveil to us in this time. That name, Eheye Asher Eheye. Because God can take any form. And he has taken many forms and he will take many forms. He's not limited to a particular form or way. You see? Yes, he once upon a time manifested through drums and everything, but he can change it at any time. He can become a flute. You know, he can change. All those forms are those vessels by which he uses to bring his life. Those forms are not God in themselves, but we take those forms and we make them God. Whether that form be a pastor, whether that form be any book, whether that form be any story, that's why Jesus Christ said, you think you, in this, you set the scriptures thinking that in them you'll find eternal life. Those books are just a medium to connect us with a life that is beyond the book. But when we idolize the book, we make it God. We've missed the point. Because the book is just a form through which the knowledge came to us. You know? Did Paul have the New Testament to build him? No. So where do you... See, so a lot of things we need to think about. Did Enoch have the, the, the Old Testament? Did Abraham have it? So how did they follow God? You see? So when we idolize things, understand, I'm not saying one should throw away anything. The books are important. The vessels through which God communicates are important. They will never lose their value, but they cannot replace God. And we cannot idolize anything. Not even a message God gave us five years ago. Don't idolize anything. Because God is eheye, asher eheye. I will become what I will become. He's always transforming. 
He's always moving. He's always flowing. You know? Yes, victory. These books are symbols to connect us to the light beyond them. They all point somewhere. And I just I said it. You search through these scriptures thinking that in them, you will find eternal life. Instead of you to come to me. So someone asked, can you spell the name, please? I'm going to write it in the group chat now. Eheye, Asher, Eheye. One right in the group chat. One second. So are you, I think you find it in um, Exodus. Exodus chapter three. When God and Moses met God on Mount Sinai. When Moses met God on Mount Sinai, you know. So God isn't static. And that's why when we studied the Old Testament, you see that in the Old Testament, there were many names by which God was called by. El Shaddai, Elohim Gibor, Yehovah Sabaoth, Eloah Vadat, Adonai, Jehovah, Jehovah Elohim, different names. Because God is not limited to any form. God is not any form. God is the spirit that takes on form for a particular purpose. You see? And that's why, ah, should we go there? <laughs> anyway, it's something that we'll, we'll talk more on uh, in uh, the, when we begin the <laughs> session. But... <laughs> she said, go there, please. <laughs> That's why when we talk about God, you know, you see, when people say, ah, okay, when people say that, God is not limited to any form, you see, and God takes on different forms for different purposes. No, I have permission. I'm just, uh, I just don't want to say something when I'm not going to properly build um, a, a structure so that it can be easily assimilated. I don't just, I don't just want to say something explosive and not build a house with it. You know, I don't want to leave us hanging. And you know, so when, when, um, you know, God takes on many forms. You see, and every single one of those forms possess a kind of individuality of their own. When they say the mighty God, in, in, for example, in the Bible, you see what they do, right? The mighty God. In Hebrew, that's called Elohim Gibor. And if you notice, they always call on the mighty God when they want to fight a particular battle. Or they will call um, um, Jehovah Sabaoth, which is the Lord of hosts, the Lord of war. You see, why were they calling on certain names of God for certain circumstances? Those, those names of God are actually personalizations of God aspects of God, personalities of God. If one doesn't have understanding, one would think that one of these personalities, one of these identities, one of these forms is God all by itself. And that's where there's a confusion of people saying, oh, there are many gods, you know, different gods. No. And yes, because God takes on many different forms for different purposes. God is a unity, but he's a unity that is a multiplicity. He is many that are one, one that are many. So when we talk about God, 
there are many variations in which he has expressed himself. That if I say God is God's, I'm right. So literally, if I say God and I say God's, is correct. And in the Bible, it's very clear because we see different names of God and every name speaks of an aspect, a dimension, an expression of God that is complementary to everyone else, not God all by itself. For us to understand this, we have to understand the human body is made up of 65 trillion cells, but every single one of those cells are part of one whole. Yes, they all have their own individual identity and role and function, but their identity is not separate from everything else. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But like I said, yeah. we'll break it down further in the academy because, you know, we started in Genesis 1. We're still on the first three words. So this Tuesday, we talked about the first word, which is Bereshit. Next week, we're going to talk about the second word, which is bara, create. Then the next week, we'll talk about Elohim, that word Elohim, and we'll investigate it and see what it has to teach us, you know. So yeah, um, I, that's much, as much as I'll see or concerning that. And, uh, so yeah, what's on our mind, guys? I hope you know that we're not going to talk about dreams today. I don't think anyone has realized it by now, but <laughs> honestly, I've been I've been waiting for us to start the dream topic, and I'm like, okay, maybe we're still in the introduction section. <laughs> yes, he he um he he wants us to. He wants us to um, he wants us to build from the foundation. That's what he said, to build from the foundation. And all these things are still going to be encompassed. You know, we can still talk about it. It's going to um, it's going to we're going to build a new framework that has incorporated within itself all these elements that are normally thrown out in the church. So what we're going to build now will have all these things will have their own place, and that's the idea. So it's not. So even if from each conversation we're going to have, there's going to be talk about dreams, going to be talk about visions. Everything is going to be inside of it, because it's a it's a it's a, it's a more robust structure, you know. So because I know there are a lot of us here that are new who are just here for the first time, and so yeah, um, so yeah. So what's on our minds, people? <laughs> what do we have to say from all that we said? I mean, we can end the meeting now at this point. So this at this point is just um, <laughs> let's talk. So from what has been said, what's on our minds? Talk to me. Well, I'm shook. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone? What's on our minds? What do we have to say? Okay, good evening, everyone. Good evening. Good evening. Yes, this is, okay, my name is Tochi Fidel Anekwe. This is my very first time attending um, this Heaven's Gate meeting and also mm. joining the academy. I joined this morning. Mm. So <laughs> as the last person who spoke, I'm still shook. <laughs> very <laughs> shook indeed. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so in fact my mind has been like there's this mind shift that is still going on I'm like wow like yes this is it like when you just point out something I'm like this is it this is what I'm talking like it's just there like I'm, <laughs> I've just been opened up to a lot of things already like especially especially when you mentioned when you were talking about change and being flexible allowing God to mold us and not just being 
you know, um, meditating on a message you received like five years ago and holding on to it like this is the complete mm-hmm. truth. Like I've just I've just learned a lot already and I'm so happy. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you mm-hmm. very much. Thank you. You're so welcome. Thank God. I'm so happy yeah. to hear that. <laughs> we thank God. We thank God. Tui, what's up? Okay, can you hear me? Very well. Okay. So even though we didn't talk about the dreams, I was kind of glad about what you talked about because it felt like God really knew what I needed to hear. Because hmm. um, remember I asked you earlier in the day about memory recall. How to. <laughs> so after reading the... Um, preparing for the mystery for and mm. meditating, which from that meditation, I still don't, I, I was kind of bothered because when I finished, I was like blank. I can't even remember what happened. Like it felt like I was dozing off in between, waking up, things were happening, but I can't remember it. I wasn't like, I'm going to practice that memory call. I Forced myself to sleep. And I was trying to sleep. God was telling me that you just get stand up. <laughs> and nothing we have for don't sleep. I refused. Hmm. I slept. I woke up blank. Nothing. Like I never remember anything. But I knew that I had a dream. And I was so like already worried that hey, why is it that I'm no longer remembering my dreams again? Like I was remembering it before, now I'm not remembering it again. So like I was anxious, actually, but I didn't even know, like, I was that anxious. Then I just really bless God for the way he attends to our every need. Because now I have peace. I know that I will go to bed this night, sleep, and not worry (laughs) about whether I remember or not. And I'll just allow God to have his way. So that's what I wanted to say. Absolutely. God bless you. And, um, even your response, you know, it, um, it encourages me, you know, because um, it's not, even though it, it, this conversation might seem quote unquote seamless, it's not easy because I wrote that we're talking about dreams and my pride is like, oh my God, I don't want to look silly in front of people. I've said I'm going to talk about this and I'm talking about something else, you know. So hearing you say this tells me that honestly, listening to God, even if, if God says something, just do it. You don't understand. It doesn't make sense. It goes against what was originally planned. Just do what God says and, you know, be ready for him, you know. So thank you. Thank you for that. Song. I, it makes me, I'm, 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 I, now I'm going to, you know, be more deliberate and listen to him. And if he says, hey, jump and fall into this guy, okay, let's go, Father. I'm, I'm ready for you. <laughs> you know, so yeah. Um, Can I speak again? Iguano. Huh? <laughs> Can I speak again? Yes, well, after Iguana, her hand was raised originally. Sure. Okay. okay. Hi. Good. Good evening, everyone. Good evening, El Shaka. Good evening. Good evening. Um, my name is Iguana from mm. Lagos, and this is my first time joining. Mm. And I want to say thank you so much because you have no idea. Like, um, I'm one of the people that this year, like the lockdown, you know, caused a lot of shift inside of me. Right. Mm. Um, I I'm not going to church. <laughs> physical church I'm like what am I going to do that the day I managed to even go I was just like staring like I was blank like I felt lost because it's like 
a lot of the things that I, I knew I had to start learning. And so I felt out of place and I didn't want to be judging like, ah, what is he saying? What is this man saying? You know, so hmm. listening like today was like, like God was like, uh -huh. you need to hear this. You, you think that you now know Abby? Okay, come hmm. on. You know, so it was, it was really, really helpful for me because I've been struggling a lot, like really, really struggling. I've been difficult, you know, and hmm. Then I have a question as well. Like we have mm. this, like in the traditional church that we have right now, um, mm. there is this doing culture whereby do, 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 just do. You need to do, go out, soul winning, carry flyer, do every, do, do. You know, even when there's no conviction to do anything, you're like, what am I even doing? So I have this question, where is the balance? Because I'm beginning to learn that when it comes to the things of God, there's a tendency to do things from your soul. That's solitary where I'm like, okay, I'm achieving something. You're feeling cool. Meanwhile, it's like, I don't even know what you're doing. Like, I know you know, what are you doing? It's not my will. I didn't ask you to do it. Like, even when I have, mm. like, I said something last year and then I got over one and I stopped. And then even when I hear like, oh, you need to, I'm like, okay, I need to really be very sure. So I want to know whether there's a balance there so that one doesn't fall into you're just doing for doing sake because everybody says you need to just try to do something, do ministry, uh, go on, you must win soul, you must be doing, hmm. let them know. Meanwhile, you're like, I don't, I'm not, as in from within, the conviction, the strength is not there. So, and then it like, it's not like as if you're being disobedient to authority. So I don't know where the balance is. So I would like help with that. Thank you. Yeah. So the Holy Spirit just brought into my mind a cartoon I once watched, you know, about a king who was obviously king over a city and his city became seized by people who had power over the elements of fire. You know, and they came able to use fire to burn everything down and enslave everyone, you know. And the moment the people entered the city, he immediately surrendered and allowed them to arrest him. They arrested him, they put him in chains, they locked him in a box. All of his constituents were abusing. How can you surrender, king? How can he said, Listen, I'm doing something. They said, What do you mean? You're inside of this box and you can break out of it. What? He said, Listen, I'm doing something. And he stayed in the box. <laughs> Dan, <laughs> you know the story. <laughs> yes, it's the story of King Boomy, you know. He stayed in the box, you know. He was there for months. All those people who were telling him, oh, how can you let them arrest you? All of them were wiped out. And they were all put under slavery and subjugation and whatnot. And they asked the king, Bumi, what are you waiting for? He said, I'm waiting. And when I know, I will know. So he didn't know what he was waiting for, but he knew that when, what he's waiting for, when the time comes to act, he will know when to act. So it looked like he wasn't doing anything. But in that waiting, he was actually doing something, you know. And the time came when an eclipse happened. And in that cartoon, when the eclipse happens, the people with the power of fire lose all their power. And this King Bumi who said he was waiting, 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 the moment he saw the eclipse, he said, ah, now it's time to act. And he broke out and he scattered everything that he did and he pursued all of them out of his city, you see. Now, when he first of all started waiting, they looked at him like he was foolish. They said, look at you, you king, you're supposed to lead us at, <laughs> you know, you're supposed to lead us and you have allowed them to put you in chains. It is possible to do something even when we're doing nothing. 
if we're always listening to God. Because sometimes God will say, don't do anything. Like this conversation now, it looks like I'm doing something, but I'm not doing anything. This conversation is flowing because everything we've been speaking about is based on interactions. You see, someone will say something, I'll respond. You say something, I'll, I'll say something back, you respond. And that's how it's been flowing. It's, it's like doing nothing, you know. When one is listening to God in each moment and not measuring him by a lot of activity and also a lot of inactivity, we won't fall into that error. So what I'll say is we need to be listening for God. We need to put our ears on the ground to actually be looking for what he has to say to us in each time. God, what do you want? You know, because busyness can be a real deception. And people think just because I'm doing a lot of things means I'm doing something. But it's possible to do a lot of things and not do anything at all. And it's possible to be not doing anything at all and be doing so much, you see. So we can't be measuring God's presence by how a thing is expressing. We have to always look for the spirit in all things, you know. So we always have our ear on the ground for the spirit of God. If that spirit of God says, okay, today, what you're going to do, this is what I need you to do, my daughter and my son. Listen, they're going to go out. They're going to have a nice lunch. They're going to go to a water park and dance in the water. They're going to play with some sand. They're going to sleep at night. This is what you must do today. If God says do that, you must do it. Because for him to say that, it means that that is part of the work he's trying to achieve. Our pride will start to beat us up, saying, oh, what do you mean? How can I do this? I don't have, you know, all this is not about how... Look at Jesus Christ now. When he was giving his, uh, his, his disciples food to eat, and people say, ah, ah, look how these people are eating and drinking. You see, it's not a measure. All these things are not a measurement. It's about us always keeping our heart on God in each moment for what does he want us to do? You know, that is how, for me, I'll say that's the balance. If, uh, I hope for what this Dagon I've said, I've given some um, answer for you. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Not just what yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Alex. Yeah, when you said peace, um, it, it actually just didn't even, for me, it wasn't even about the dream. It's about everything. Not just mm. your dream. You're so right. Oh, God. You're so right. It's true. So, peace, because... 2020 came with a bang. Everybody waiting for double double portion, and then the whole thing turned to another thing. And it was it was an opportunity to actually live out, be still, and know that I am God. So that we went, the moment you mentioned that piece, uh, I left dream. It was everything <laughs> around me. And then for the young lady, um, my, my father used to yap my mother. My mother is the one that goes to church every time. And whenever she comes back, the man will laugh and say, do you know you can be doing the work of God, but not the will of God? Mm. It went on like that. I didn't understand until I, I, I um, got opened my eyes to see James saying faith without work. And at a point, both extremes are bad. You think it's faith, yes. faith, faith, you won't lift your hand. You think it's work, work, work. You, won't, you think it's just about you, you, you. And then 
I sent Philippians 2.13. Say so it is God who worketh in us both to will and to do. And for me, even the ability, ability to even will, it's not yes. because I want to. You think we're all sitting down here today having this conversation because we want to. He willed it from eternity. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then for some reason, we responded. Yes. And then over the course of this year, I learned balance must not be 50-50. Sometimes balance is 70-30. True. In our case with God, it's 99 point, point something. So yes. the balance, and then when you say, listen to God, I am, uh, I go to House on the Rock now, and when mm. I started, um, we had the uh, um, foundation class, mm. and everybody was quoting Bible, I couldn't quote. Mm. <laughs> so I decided to start cramming, and I sensed it very well. Child, what are you doing? Why are you doing my work for me? Just read. When you need it, I will bring it to remembrance. And remembrance could be us having this conversation because you don't know what this time has done. That word, peace. <laughs> Forget it. And, and so, so, so just listen to him. And it's not because you do something. He kills because that is his nature. He is good. He wants us to. And I like what you captured in the beginning. Say, uh, when we talked about um, God, I, Ezekiel is one book that I always uses. Use them. It's like, it's like, it's like. If you read Ezekiel, mm -hmm. when he's describing everything, he never say it is. He just tells you it's like, it's like, it's like. So all these conversations we are having, it's like now left for each of us and listen to him talk to us. And he speaks clearly just as we are having conversation. Yes. I talk too much. Yeah? So, no, 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 it's good. This, that was very fantastic. Thank you so much. Yeah. So peace is <laughs> not just limited to the dreams. Everything. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Even me too, I'm, I'm, I'm at peace now. You know, I was on... I was on. Um, I was a bit nervous with the whole change, and you know, but right. I'm just. Feeling, I'm looking at myself now compared to a few hours ago when I was just very tense. But I'm actually very much at at peace. So I guess it was also for me as well. <laughs> oh, thank God! God is just. God is beautiful. I'm. I'm, I'm excited. Nenda, I saw your hand was up before. Yeah. Um... Actually, I just wanted to, you know, what what you've been speaking about today was all for me. You mm. know, when you talked about um, your, you know, you mentioned you, you mentioned on the group that today we are going to be talking about dreams, and mm. I, I expected we are going to be talking about dreams tonight, so I came for dreams. But immediately I came online. Um, I was a bit late. But that was when you were talking about the peace um, and character part, you know, where even when we are expecting, you know, I've, I've experienced, I've, I've been a Christian for maybe so and so, so years. Oh God, mm. why is it that it's like I'm dragging back? But um, it, tonight's teaching has made me understand that I need to appreciate the process that the fact that I'm not seeing what I want 
does not actually mean that God is not achieving what he wants. You know, so it's it's more more or less like um, an encouragement for me personally um, mm. that I shouldn't rush the process. It doesn't mean I should be laid back, but it just means yes. I should keep doing what I'm doing um, and keep trusting God through the process. Um, I could I could fail quote and unquote eight hundred times, but mm. that eight hundred times doesn't really mean I failed. God just simply achieved His purpose in me. And it's just a matter of time it will tell. Thank you so much, sir. God bless you, Nana. God bless you. That is so true. That is so true. Fumi. Hiya. So um, my question relates to following the spirit. I know we've been talking a lot about like having your ear to the ground and moving with the spirit, how the spirit moves. And I'm just, I just want to relate that to my personal life. So I'm in a position where um, I went from uh, I went from a space or a season where I was super busy, super stressed for time, everything. So I finished law school like it, last year, and I was mm. you know just very, very, very busy. And now it's kind of like this period where I'm very free and I have no idea what to do with myself, and mm. I'm kind of like trying to seek the direction of the Holy Spirit on how do I live each day and fulfill the purposes of each day. Because it just seems as though I'm kind of wasting away here. And I've been asking, but I'm not really getting anything. And it's like, how do I follow the spirits concerning this? Or something so subjective, I think. I mean, you know, like we discussed in the very early sessions that we had, if we can remember that communication happens naturally. You know, when you look at nature, without even trying, everything is communicating with one another. The water is communicating with the ground, the rain, everything is just, there's just boundless connections happening everywhere, 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 everywhere. The only problem is when we put a barrier to that connection, and that's when we don't receive the information anymore, because information is always flowing. So the same it is with God. God is always talking to you. There's never a point where he's not talking to you. We have, I have different barriers to, to um, hearing his voice, you know, and um, the barriers could be our ideas, it could be our concepts of different things, it could be our feelings, it could be sorrow, so many different things, you see. And that's why when God wants to help us, he tells us to look at certain places. And, and for you, for me, God, your anxiety, you know, um, you know, I was going to beat around the bush, but I'll just talk what God is saying directly. You know, I won't use uh, parables. <laughs> you know, you know um, God says you're very anxious. You know, you're very, very anxious. And you're very, very anxious. This this I'm seeing in the spirit. You're just like, your head is always like all over the place. Like you, you know, and that anxiety. <laughs> Abby, is it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that anxiety um, can sometimes make it hard for you to hear what he has to say for you in this time. And um, in this time, he wants you to be still, you know, and um, learn what he wants to teach you in this time, because this season that you're in is very important for the next phase of your life. 
and everything that he has exposed you to because you know through this cost for you know a lot of mindset shift a lot of transformations a lot of resets you know it's preparation to the next place he wants to take you and that's why he's trying to pull you in at this time to energize you with the things that you're going to need for the next phase of your life and um, you have to be at peace with it he starts to tell you don't look at anyone don't look at don't measure yourself with anyone don't use anyone as a template of what you should be like at this time don't do that because a lot of comparisons and asking don't do that where you are now is where he has put you and in this time he wants to pull you to himself in order to build some blocks that are very important that will sustain you for where he's taking you from here you know so be at peace so don't be anxious and be at peace with where you are right now. He's the one that is doing it. Understand? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. My bro, Leo, Leo the Lion. <laughs> yeah. I can How you doing? Okay. So when you speak. Like just previous time, like before Fumi asked a question, hmm. we spoke um, and we we're talking about uh, the lady who asked about. There's some, um, there's some um, uh, static sound that, that is um, obscuring your voice. Aha, it's much better now. Okay. So I said when you were um, talking the last time, um, two things came to mind. Um, mm. The story of Mary and Martha mm. came to mind. And um, remember, Martha was busy, you know, serving, working, and all over the place. Yeah. Meanwhile, Mary yeah. was at the feet of Jesus, just listening to what he was saying and then at a point in time of course Martha got frustrated that uh, our Lord I've been doing all this work why don't you tell my sister to come and help me you know mm. Jesus just oh oh dear oh Martha <laughs> <laughs> you know um, you are you're busy with a lot of things but only one thing is most important and your sister Mary has found that thing, and nothing will take it from her. Of course, what did she find? Is that place where being at the feet of Jesus, you know, being intimate with him, being at you know where he wants you to be. Because at that point, of course, Christ was like the visitor. Mm. Even if he wanted to eat something, he has to tell you, oh, this is what I want to eat. You know, Martha probably was making, you know, jollof rice. <laughs> and uh, meanwhile, <laughs> the master wanted to eat swallow. And <laughs> but how would she have known? How would she know if, you know, if she doesn't, you know, speak with him and talk with him to know, okay, what do you want? Then 
you know, she can go and make whatever he wants. And this also, the second thing is, I remember one time when I was asking, I was praying and um, I was in that space of, oh, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And then I will never forget this. He said to me, don't seek ministry. Seek me. Ministry is what I, I would tell you to do. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, and when I heard that, and that just made, it made sense, you know, and since then, I have never forgotten that. And of course, sometimes when you try to, when you, you know, of course, things in life will want to make you forget that, but I always remember that and keep that. Then I thought thing I wanted, I wanted to say was to also add to, um, the question um, Fumi asked. Um, you, 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 in fact, when you were speaking, I was just like, okay, ah, the spirit is one. You already said what um, came to mind when she asked that question. Um, you're, you're where God wants you to be, you know, like you said. Um, and it's very okay to not know what to do at that point in time. The most important thing is just continue to seek him. When it is time, he will tell you, move. I wasn't doing anything for four, for four years of my life, not because <laughs> I didn't have things to do or not because I want, you know, I didn't want to do something. I didn't want to work. I didn't want to do anything, but that was where he wanted me to be. It was quite frustrating, to be honest. So it's understandable if one feels that way. But I can, I can speak like this because one, at, at least to an extent, to a degree, one has gone <laughs> through that. And um, it's even recently that began kind of like, if I, if I can use the word, um, releasing me a bit out mm-hmm. and say, okay, do this, do that. But before then, if I tried to um, apply for a job, there was a like this <laughs> this um, hindrance, like no, and everything that I, I mean, some of the things I'm doing now, everything I'm doing now is in those four years. That place of waiting, that place of not doing anything, not doing anything in a sense, of course, like what we would term as doing something. Exactly. But I was actually exactly. doing something, which is actually waiting. Yes. A lot, in fact, a lot happened, a lot was happening on the inside. And many times you won't know. It's until you go out and you meet people and they talk with you and you, you're like, ah, you've changed, you. uh, you're this, you're that. You will know, but you understand. It's like being under, going under the sun and you don't realize when you have sunburn. You just wake up one day and see part of your skin is black. <laughs> You know, um, but yeah, that's that's what I wanted to say. You're where you, we are where God wants you to be. And uh, like my brother said, um, don't be anxious and uh, be at peace. And when it is time, He will He will continue to lead you. Thank you. Thank you so much for that, bro. That was thank you. Thank you for that, brother. Tell me. Hi. Yeah, I heard that. Hi. Oh. Okay, Tommy. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. 
Um, firstly, I want to say like thank you for bringing up that conversation about the um, pastors, like all this hold pastors, because I see so many people like you know talking about them, and sometimes I just get uncomfortable. You know how they talk about these elderly men. I don't know how you like you know went into that you know that conversation but I'm really glad that I heard that and that's just really helpful for me but then again I have a question and when you were talking you said times are changing and you spoke about these people like in the past you know that they would whenever they wanted to worship and stuff maybe they would kill goats and even how this Abel, you know, Abel worshippers or traditionalists, they do these things. And that was the norm at that time. That was what they knew how to do. But then later, people, they come into the knowledge of Christ and how times are changing and times are changing. So um, when you were talking about that, what came to my mind? I'm sorry, because I know you probably the one or maybe some people don't want to talk about this what came to my mind is the is the u.s election right it's the u.s Mm. election so um my family is kind of like quite political my dad he was a politician and even like right now my dad is a hardcore democrat Mm. and i have no problem with that like even i think i'm still a registered democrat you know but like this over over this past couple of years and policies keep changing and even the church keeps changing like even in my church you know they are talking about things like uh there is this person on the there's this person that is the president blah 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 you know they talk in a way that is kind of mocking and in a way that is kind of like to sway the church to like vote a certain kind of way. I don't know how to put this. And, and personally, I don't like that. And even this morning, yes, this morning, I think this is why I'm asking this question. So this morning, cause I did not vote this time. Cause honestly, I don't like the two candidates at all. Cause mm. I, I see Biden's policies. I see like, you know, abortion up to term, you know, not only like, you know, there are some circumstances we know but then up to term healthy babies and also LGBTQ and, and just so many other things. If you research into the background of like um, Kamala Harris and Biden, like Biden, right? You see, you see like these people are not like saints. So like, I don't really like the fact that, you know, many of the black churches, especially around here, they are very pro this. And I understand that. Maybe that's because of racism and so many bad things that happened in the past. And, you know, Trump is that president that is also upholding all these bad policies, you know? So, like, I just, I just don't know, like, where, where, the, uh, where the fine line is for Christians, you know, especially the body of Christ in the U.S., for example, where the fine Lining because my sister was like this morning, she told me, she was like, for me, times are changing. Even in Korea, they legalized abortion, they legalized this and that in this country, that country, blah, blah, blah. But then I'm like, just because times are changing, 
that doesn't mean we need to like you know embrace you know everything that come with this you know the changing times and I, I don't know because she's not very political I'm not very political also but I mean that that just bothered me that why would we say oh just because times are changing we should just embrace you know the change that come with the time so I don't know my question is you know, just like you made that analogy of what people used to uh, maybe worship or something, and mm. then times change, and later new things came along. Yeah, like is that how are we in another time too? Because I, I know this, this, these are the end times anyway, but then mm. are, are these things that we should just embrace because, like, time you know, the time is changing, like, or maybe I'm just taking this to my head. <laughs> no, it's important that you ask the question because it's something that was troubling you, you know. And I think the question to ask is, what is your definition of changing times? You know, that's very important, you know. And it's good that you ask that so you can, so that I can have an opportunity to give some clarity. I'll give you a little example, you know. I'm of the opinion, okay. based on my observation of history, you know, whenever a thing is suppressed and you don't address the reason why they're crying out first. You don't suppress them without solving the issue that is making them to cry in the first place. What happens is that they just become bigger, you know, like a boil. A boil is forming because there's an increase of bacteria in your body and your body is trying to expel it, right? If you don't take any kind of drugs to fight the bacteria in your body, but you start to press the boil, what happens is that the boil becomes bigger Abortion, for example, you see. The reason why young girls who wake up and terminate a child that has formed in their womb, it's not because they hate children, it's not because they're anti-life, but the society has been developed in such a way that people are not willing to accommodate the mistakes of others. Yes, I made a mistake at 16 and I came home with a pregnancy. It's not a beautiful thing, it's not a good thing, but there is value for life and when we don't have communities that are able to forgive people for their mistakes and not insult them for nine months, telling them you see yourself, you're wasted your life, making them social pariahs, kicking them out. If those things didn't happen, girls won't feel motivated to kill their children. When we don't solve the problem, which is fear, that makes them to go and kill their kids, but we now abolish abortion clinics. Do you know that what is going to happen is abortion will multiply even times three? I don't know if I get what I'm saying. The I get problem it. is not an abortion clinic. The problem is the thing that is leading them to commit abortion in the first place. You see, the problem is not the bully beating the child at school. The problem is his father who is beating him at home. If you stop the bully from beating the child at school, you suppress him, but you don't solve the issue that is causing this pressure in his heart, he will beat something else. It could be himself, it could be whatever. But when you don't solve the issue that is causing the problem, you see, but you just want to suppress the problem, right? Mm -hmm. That problem will become worse. Look at America. The drug started to boom in the 1970s, 1980s. What did they do? Instead of them to find out what is causing people to take drugs, they said, let's suppress them. Drug what drug. happened? Look at, because of that suppression, it produced billionaires of the drug lords. So you see, that tactic of Suppressing something without solving the issue would only make it worse. You see, 
So these are the different kind of perspectives we have to go for. So a person who says, oh, I'm pro, I want abortion clinic. A person who says, oh, I don't want abortion clinic. All those things are not the point. The point is, why are girls going to kill their children? If you don't solve that, you haven't solved anything. But if you ask me, if they increase abortion clinics, when they haven't decreased the prejudice and malice against girls who have pregnancy out of wedlock, huh? abortion will triple. That's a fact. Just studying history, one doesn't see what was is what is and what will be. Nothing new under the sun. You see. So this statement I made, for example, is what I mean by times have changed. You see, I'm still pro-life, but I can tell you that, listen, don't shut down the abortion clinic. That's not the focus. You need to focus on making a community that can accommodate a girl who comes home with a child out of wedlock. You get my point? Yes, yes, I, you I get your point. point. Uh -huh. So that's just a little example. I'm not a politician. I don't, I'm not, I don't, uh, you know, all this political mumbo jumbo. I, I deliberately don't involve myself in it because you see, when you start entering all these arguments, it, there's a lot of ego and pride going on, you know. And I believe in the, res in the respecting of people's opinions. You see, everyone is free to their opinion. I can tell you, okay, I love Trump, right? But if you say I hate Trump, yeah, I say, God bless you, hate him, no problem. It doesn't affect me. But the moment I say, how can you hate Trump? No, 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 no. All these things are silly. Everyone is free to their own opinion, you see. So for me, if, when it comes to politics, that's what I'll say. Yeah. So I'll promote this jargon, you've heard something useful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i mean i guess time i guess okay the purpose is the yeah. same but the approach has changed it looked as if jesus christ was breaking moses laws but he wasn't you get what i'm saying it looked like but it wasn't the spirit of the law remained but the form changed you get my point I, 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 get, I get your point. I, re I really like uh, the example you made about, you know, the, in the 70s. I think that, that's very good. Yeah. So I, I, I get your point. I get your point. I think I'm just maybe a little worked up. And I, <laughs> and I, end, I ended up not voting because I was just like, what is wrong? Because, okay, I guess the thing is, I was looking at things from both extremes because, like, you know, when you have, I don't know, maybe someone always talking politics around you. That's my course, dad, for example. And also me also just trying to like do things from my home perspective. Hmm. But then, you know, I was thinking a lot about the abortion clinics and also LGBTQ and just some other things that, you know, they are not as, you know. But I, I, at the end of the day, God is on the throne, yeah. So. Let me tell you something. Uh, the day they put a law against LGBTQ hmm, is when they will triple the number. Study history. People don't study history. I, I see the way people talk and I'm just appalled that people don't study. Study history. When you suppress it, people. Look at the Bible in Exodus. When Pharaoh suppressed the Israelites, what happened? They increased. See yeah, what Emperor Nero did to the early Christians. When he increased the fire on the Christians, what happened? They increased. If you don't want something to go, leave it alone. Do you know what I'm saying? Leave it. In, in life, things grow when they are opposed. If you don't want LGBTQ to grow, leave them alone. And focus on the gospel you are preaching. But when you start carrying acts to their doorstep, that is when you inspire them to be mighty. 
and they will be, you know, like a small boil on your hand. He's, he's just a humble boy. He's not disturbing you. After a while, to go. Yes. But that boy that is humble, you start to disturb it, it will become a monster in your life. And you see that this humble boy can be proud. <laughs> now they say gay pride, isn't it? <laughs> you know, they should leave this people. What an analogy. Huh? Yes. This is actually very helpful. Thank you. So, so that's my own point of view, you know. Yeah, when you come, if you ask my opinion on homosexuality, you know, I don't need to study from my Bible, just study nature. You see that fundamentally life only exists in the union of opposites. You know, even when it comes to homosexuality, when you have a gay man and another gay man, between both of them, someone has to be the woman. Two masculine gay men can never survive. I have gay friends, I know them, I've seen it before. There must be a feminine one, there must be a masculine one. In life, you cannot cheat the laws of nature. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? You must have the opposite. So even with women, you see two gay women, you see there's one that is very masculine, she has her head like this, she has muscle, and there's one that is cute and small. You know the one that is a man, you know the one that is a woman. Because fundamentally, you can't break the laws of nature. You see? So it's not, I don't even need Bible. Like I said, I don't like hiding behind God. I won't say, because I don't use, like to say Bible said, if you ask me about something, for the fact that I believe it, I will stand and say, yes, I'm the one that said it. Because I've seen the truth for myself. I don't hide behind Bible. I don't believe in that. If you need to hide behind Bible for your truth, someone challenges you, say, okay, it's my belief. All this is crap. Then you don't know what you're talking about. You have to see the truth for yourself that you can stand. and see, Even if Bible is not there, you can still stand and say, this is why I know it's true. You know? So I don't have any prejudice against anyone who is homosexual. You know? But the fact is that if the whole world goes homosexual in, in, in this today, humanity will be extinct in 100 years. So that tells you that homosexuality it's not pro-life. Masculine and masculine cannot produce life, you know. It's fundamental. You look at down to the atoms. You see the, the proton and the electron, positive and negative. So fundamentally, it takes the male and the female to come together to produce life. You know? So it's not sentiment. It's just the laws of nature, you know. So people want to break it fine, and they're free. Doesn't mean there are no consequences, but everyone is free to do what they want, you know. Just give those people alone. Let them do what they're doing. If they come, you say they want to sit down here, yeah, of course, you hug them, you love them. Because from my experience, I'll tell you, especially with men, a lot of men who wake up and become gay, it's not as if they were gay. They just had, like we always talk about, everyone has a masculine and feminine nature. You know, the masculine is the giving, the feminine is the receiving. Now, when you have a young boy who has a very feminine quality that needs a man to feel a lot when there's no man when there's no when there's no woman who can feel that big space in his heart because women too also have that space naturally because women are naturally feminine so they are the ones that need to receive so when you have a man who is a big receiver and country women who are naturally receivers there can't be fulfillment in the, in the relationship now he now has to go to a man who is a natural giver. If that man happens to be someone that is corrupted, he will fill the boy's void and then corrupt him by making him engage in that which is not normal or what is, what is not along the laws of nature. And that's why a lot of young boys enter into homosexuality because they met the wrong person. But there are some people who have a big emotional feminine side that, you know, it's not affirmed. You don't tell the boy it's okay to cry or play with your dolly. You know, you, you just make a lot of mistakes with children. Then they have to go to the wrong place. And so a lot of people who you think 
They just think they're gay. And that's why when you fight them, they, they'll fight you back because fundamentally they're oppressed. Some of them, they just think someone to just hug them and say, I love you. And you'd be surprised that they're ready to listen to what you have to say. And this is just me just giving from my own observation. So these are pros that we all have that were carrying axes, oh, all these things, all these things. It doesn't, doesn't do anything good. So I hope from all this I've said that um, <laughs> I've helped to make some sense and whatnot, you know. Yes, that has like that has really been helpful. I guess I was just confused, so that's why I just I didn't want anyone pushing me because my dad was pretty much telling people to attack me to go vote. Like I got people I testing imagine. me to go vote. Then I was I didn't really want to vote, so I just I just left. So I didn't I didn't do anything. I ended up not voting for it. But I really I really like everything you explained. Like they are oppressed. You know they feel like. They are oppressed, and that's why even if you try to oppress them, the more they would only go worse. So yes, of course, of course. Yeah, thank you. God bless you. You know, so you'd be surprised. Some of us want to preach gospel to someone. You see, like for example, we someone enters, they already feel condemned with their ripped jeans, and they tell them, "Ah, oh, with these ripped jeans, you can't enter this church." Well, you pursue them away, and you tell them that they're devils. But no, you are the one who is ignorant because you met a person who has already condemned himself. Now you now condemn them again. How can they? So some people, you think that it's about talking. No, just they just need a hug. And when you hug them, that's the void that they've had. And the wrong people filled it. And that's what took them to the wrong place. But why don't we have the wisdom to know that this person just needs a hug? But at least when they come and hug us, we hug them and we don't corrupt them. Do you understand what I'm saying? You know? Because... There are many young boys who are very vulnerable, young girls who are very vulnerable, and they need what they need. And if the wrong person comes to fill that space, that's when corruption happens, you see. So these are the things that we need to start to think about. We need to rethink a lot of things, you know. So, so yeah, um, yeah. Naomi, your hand was raised before. Oh, yes. Hi, good evening, everyone. Hi. Um, this is actually my first time being here. Oh wow. So I think for me, the I wasn't even meant to, I don't know if I was I won't say that I wasn't meant to be here. I was meant to be here, but I intentionally didn't join the Zoom call because on dreams, so I have two different types of dreams. I have dreams that are very vivid, like they happen just the way that I dream them. And then I have dreams that don't even make any sense to me. And then I listen to the podcast on dreams. I can't remember the title. And ever since then, I've just been so afraid to dream because I think subconsciously, I'm just afraid of what I would find in my dream world or something. I don't know. So Mm. recently, I've just like, not like I've stopped dreaming. When I wake up in the morning, I know that, you know, I had a dream, a long dream, but I don't even remember completely what the dream is about. And as I go along on my day, I would remember fragments of it. Although the fragments that I remember actually like helped me to grow and to be better. But at the same time, sometimes I wake up and I just know that, you know what, you're not even going to remember your dream. So there's no, there's no point trying. And Mm -hmm. then I've just been really frustrated and just like, 
stuck in a way and just like sad because I, I know that deep down this is the reason why I'm not like as joyful as I used to be just because like I can no longer remember my dreams completely so when I joined this and then you were talking about peace and just like letting it all go it was really just like helping me to know that I don't need to stress as much and I don't need to be afraid of like my dreams and everything so i think that for me was was like the really big thing i don't know i don't i don't even understand it at the moment but i just know that i have peace now and i know that i will sleep without being afraid of dreaming if i don't remember my dream that's fine that's okay i know that if god wants yeah. me to remember my dream, will bring it to my remembrance so absolutely thank you. absolutely yeah. thank you thank you for saying that god bless you Naomi. Oh, thanks. Hello, everyone. Hi. Okay, um, so it's quite funny how today went. Um, when I saw the um, announcement about today being um, about dreams, I thought to myself, ah, I'm not really interested. I don't think I want to hear about dreams today. But something just kept telling me, go there, go there, like, log in so i signed mm-hmm. up and you started talking i'm like yeah okay holy spirit i get this this is why i'm here and uh, when you started talking i said oh this is not what i wanted to talk about i was like yes it's holy spirit this is not <laughs> what i really wanted to hear <laughs> and um okay um you talked about a lot of things a lot of questions that i had but it's, um the one that really um um came out to me was the one about um valuing the gray and the old you know um with the move that is on right now, even have received um, words about it, about Lord pouring out um, spirit upon all flesh and all, but the way people have been taking it, especially on social media, it's been really grieving my spirit because I'm like, let me tell you something. There's a place for these people. They had a purpose. If they didn't have a purpose, we won't. The Lord won't have allowed them to go on for so long. So people will come out. I'm saying this church did this, this church did that. I'm like, yeah forgive move on you believe that yes the lord is showing you why don't you just let go and flow with the spirit you 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 claim that you understand what the move is right now flow with the spirit and stop holding on to the old and stop cursing out these people and every time i just go online and i see them i'm like god is this what you want do you really want us condemning these people you were the ones that appointed them your ministers you didn't make a mistake. Definitely lots of things. They did signs and wonders. Yes, you gave them words. They were able to spread the gospel. So when you were talking about it, I was like, yes, yes, this is it. Like for a, for a minute online, every time I read this, I'm like, oh, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm not really feeling this in the right way. But coming here and hearing you talk about it, it really clicked and it made a lot of sense, especially also because I have a Catholic background. So most of these things I understand. I understand. I know the things that I've seen that I know, yes, this is it. And there are some things I'm like, "Mm, maybe not, maybe, maybe. But the way people just go and they are, I'm like, things are not like this is not always a yes and a no sometimes there are gray areas and there are things that need to you just need to let go so i've just really been blessed and i'm very happy that you didn't really talk about dreams tonight i'm sorry but, <laughs> <No problem>. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you thank you god bless you thank you you're welcome god bless you <laughs> oh cordelia talk to me hi hi good evening everyone 
Uh, sorry, I joined late, uh, and I, no I think it's the repercussion of disobedience. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, before I slept, I I said, "Ah, God, I must remember all the dreams for this last one week." Ah, ah what is it? And I slept like that. <laughs> I was supposed to do a prayer watch by three. I did not wake up because mm. I want to remember a dream. By six, <laughs> I did not wake up. I woke up by seven, and oh, wow. when I said. When I woke up at seven in my time in the morning, and when I looked, and I said, Hey, let me remember a dream. Rara, one tea. <laughs> <I didn't know. laughs> even when I was even remembering, it was just coming in pieces. And I said, Ah, Cordelia, this is you have just done your prayer. Like, put your mind in the prayer, not you want to. And when you now, we're now talking about peace, I was like, Ah, this is this anxiety is for you. You were just so curious. About even joining this, I didn't want to join. I was like, after I did not even join it because I was not feeling so bad that I didn't mm. join the prayer. And I remember the last conversation we had in church during our night prayer was I was here, I knew I heard God was saying, Watchmen, like what? So it's like me and Nancy, I want to remember this dream by force. It's like it just took me completely out of what you want to be. And when I said, I'm not joining this dream after this dream thing that made me. <laughs> not to do the thing I was supposed to do. So I moved to what is like straight up. This is something I've been doing comfortably for the last one week. Like I haven't complained, but I not said, see what my mind, I might, my, my, my flesh, my yeah. flesh has cost. And when I joined the thing, I joined later. I was like, if they're talking about it, I don't even want to decode anything again. Let me just, can I just get peace. <laughs> I just had peace. I was like, ah, this is for me. When you were talking to the other lady, I was like, if you say it for the other lady, no problem. But me, I know it's for me. <laughs> and I, so when we were talking about that, I just felt this peace in my soul. So I'm waiting for them to start the next class. I can join. I even confess. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what I said. As you said, sometimes God actually wants us in a particular direction. But because you want this particular thing, so that you will solve it. The reason why you're not remembering, I found, I, I was, I, I know I've been saying that I've not been remembering, but I think that it happens when maybe I don't need it for this particular time. Maybe there's something that will happen. I'll not remember, oh, I have this. And this is it, and I'll start looking into it. So God is not wrong when some certain things happen. I think everything, yes. that's why the part of the Bible does everything happens for a reason and happens for your good. The thing is that the fact that God has good plans for you, that only should be your watchword to hold on to. Never see things that happen or things that don't gain direction because you want them at a particular time. It means that you're not doing the right thing. Yes. There's a reason for everything. It's just a word of encouragement for everyone out there that if you're not there because don't like don't feel like you're not there yet but enjoy every little step you take in the process every little step matters your failures disappointments everything is a process of um, pruning that will make you grow in the body of christ so that's all yeah well thank you so much for that thank you thank you god bless you cordelia god bless you confidence go ahead Good evening. Thank you so much. Um, you remind me of three people, my sister Tony Rappel and 
um, Ravi Zachariah of um, memory. Because so there's some, static, there's some static in your voice that's blocking your, your static. voice. Is it yeah. still there? It's very sharp, yeah. Um, is it good now? Aha, it's perfect. Okay. So good evening, everyone. Thank you very much um, to everybody who has spoken. Been, I wasn't supposed to talk tonight. That was the plan. But I really had to say something because, uh, like I said, you remind me of two people, my pastor Tony Rappel and um, Ravi Zacharias of blessed memory. Because of the simplicity with which you approach the work you do, simplicity does not take away the importance of a thing. Hmm. When, when you say something is simple, people start to think it's not much, there's nothing about it, but that's not true. Yeah. Simplicity can, can, it can even be more difficult than the complex. Because yes. I see when, when, I, when I read the read Genesis, I only see it as simple to complex, complex is simple. God saw something and that was the simple part. And then he brought it to bear. You know, and that was, you know, working everything out. But that's another story entirely. Um, first of all, I'm grateful to God for you. And I'm grateful to you for being obedient. It's clear from everything everyone has said that your obedience has, has produced testimonies tonight already. People are at peace. I am at peace. You know, this whole dream thing, it started to become a talk of war. You know, every morning you wake up, you want to journal your dream, you want to this. And then when you don't remember, it just sets a very, very bad precedent for the entire day. You know, you're mm. moody and all of that. And that's not a very good way to start your day at all. Yeah. But the, the, the thing that really struck me tonight in the conversation is the Bible is a book. As important as it is, it does not override God himself. The spirit, the essence is what is important. And like you said, um, Abraham did not have the Old Testament. Enoch did not have the Old Testament. But how on earth were they able to have such a relationship with God? Paul, that wrote the New Testament, did not have the New Testament. You know, So as important as these books are, they are just a tool, they are a vessel, you know, but the spirit, the essence is what is important. And God has been dealing with me with um, this issue of pride and humility. Mm. You know, pride in, you know, wanting to take, you, you feel like, you, it looks like you want to give God glory, but you actually want to take the glory for yourself. Mm. And so... I, I, me talking tonight, I was, I, the plan was that I would not say a word. I would just listen <laughs> to dream. But then this is me confessing and being vulnerable, you know, mm. um, because you, God is a beautiful God. If you follow him, it, it's, it just makes, makes a world of difference. And I, when, when you were speaking about, um, about it, I got drawn to the, scripture where um jesus took john james and peter to the mountain mm. and the transfiguration happened and uncle peter wanted to and his brothers wanted to erect um, an altar and <laughs> god has been dealing with me I've, I've i told someone one day that i feel like idolatry is the most recurring sin in all of mankind 
we want to make everything an idol. There was a time God just recently God dealt with me with the issue of faith. I had started to make faith into a religion of its own. It was no longer about God. It was now about faith in God. You know, mm. so you know, I must have faith. I must have faith. And then there was a time it was about the Bible itself, the idea of if you wake up in the morning, you must read this Bible, you must pray for this hour, you know, for an hour. <laughs> you know, the was strong with me, you know, and even recently, this dream thing can become an idol in itself where it starts yes. to take place of actual communion and relationship with God. And so I think the word for me tonight is stop trying to erect altars to the Moses and the Elijah that you're experiencing every day. <laughs> Absolutely. Stop trying to erect altars around uh, Shaka or around your pastor or around Heaven's Gate Academy or around dreams. You know, be fluid, be nimble, like someone said. Flow, flow, be, just be at ease, be at ease. Is in this place of is God doesn't want you to be overburdened. He doesn't want you to fret. He wants, it's a relationship. It's a romantic, you know, it's a dance. It's a very, very easy dance. And when you let yourself, it's like ballet, you know, when you let yourself go and just enjoy him, it becomes easier. There's no tug, you know, you just, you just flow. And there's nothing wrong if there are times where you encounter um, some kind of hindrance or some kind of resistance. The point is there is nothing wrong. If God is the one doing it, there's nothing wrong with it. And for the lady who was talking about, you know, not having anything to do at the moment and feeling like, you know, she was wasting away. I remember telling someone very recently that you are not what you do. You and your identity is not tied to what you do. You, who you are is so much more than what you do. And I, myself, I forget that thing sometimes. It's crazy how you preach to other people and then the thing, same thing you preach, you end up, end up not doing it. <laughs> but I, I, my testimony to her is there was a time when I was in that moment of quietness, not do anything, doing anything and just feeling like, what am I doing in my life? If I had known the kind of work that was going to come months later, <laughs> I would have enjoyed myself. <laughs> I would have just let go, you know. But, but the tr when the work came, I didn't have a moment to breathe. I was so stressed out. It was like God was telling me, see, all the Bible you want to read with it now. A time we come, you will be praying to have five minutes to read your Bible. <laughs> now. That prayer that you pray now, you know, because we prepare for war in peace times. And, you know, so there's so much to get from tonight in the conversation. And I'm so glad that I joined. I'm so glad that you chose to obey God because it's one thing to hear him. It's another thing to obey him. So we've been talking about being conscious of God. If you are conscious of God and he's speaking to you and you don't end up obeying him, you lose his trust. You know, I remember there was one, one message, uh, something you, you talked about weeks ago, and I remember reading it. You know, God may not trust you. You are not entitled to his trust. You are He loves you unconditionally, but he may not trust you. And that trust yeah. comes from a place of obedience. Yeah, so I'm yes. very, very happy. I'm elated. I had to speak because, you know, there was so much to unpack from just this 
simple act of obedience from you and i'm sure that even you you're you're dancing inside your belly right now because of I'm you know, you. testimonies that are coming out <laughs> you know so it's a win for everybody a win for god a win for you a win for us a win for all the people around us because we are also going to um, go and spread the good news as well so thank you very much and thank you to everyone who has contributed thus far thank you so much confidence god bless you that was very lovely god bless you um, Zami and Victory, and we close. All right. Yes. Can you hear me? Of course. So this evening has been really, really interesting. Very, very interesting. I just want to share. Um, there's this thing. There's this. Yeah. Was it this evening? Yeah. Actually, this evening. So the thing is, um, being still, being in that place of stillness is actually a place where we make room for God to be himself. Yeah, like many times we try to do God's job for him. Like we ask for peace and we want to be the ones to provide the peace for ourselves. We ask for joy and we want to be our own source of joy. So we, 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 ask, we ask for interpretations and we, we go on all by ourselves. And like, please, please just follow me. Follow me. Let me look for this thing by myself. But he told me something this evening. He said, Purpose is anything. My purpose for you will always make room for me. My purpose for, for you will always point you back to me. Like if if you're waiting on God for instruction, that you feel like, okay, I'm not doing anything in this season, but what do you want me to do? Everybody's doing something. I want to do something for you. We should, the way we can, yeah, let me use the word discern, if it's really from God, it will always make room for God to be at the center. It will always make room for us to trust him more. He's going to give us, like, the purpose that he's going to um, give to us will always um, send us back to back to his feet. So he sends us on errands that send us back to his feet. Like, God, I can't really do this without you. I can't do this without your strength. I can't do this without your help. Then we find ourselves getting instruction. I'll be like, okay, I've gotten this word and I can just run off by myself. I've gotten all the pieces puzzles and I can just do it by myself. And maybe it's really it's really not from God. Because the the, the the purpose that God will give us will always drive us to our knees. Like God, how can I fix these people? How can I um how can I really really impact these people? I can't do it. I don't have I don't have what grand words will not do this thing. Like fine speech will not do this thing. It has to be from you. And I think the the, the beautiful part yeah, the host just reminding me this scripture that Paul said um Living, living the former things and pressing towards, how did they put it? And pressing towards um, the upward call of the higher calling. Like, when I read that, I was like, what is Paul trying to say? So all the miracles and all the, all the mysteries, is he going to leave everything behind? But then it, <laughs> it, 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 it's, a balance, it's a balance of honoring the old and also looking forward to the new. Like you're not stuck. You're not stuck to one uh, manifestation of God. You're not stuck to one miracle. Like, oh, God healed that layman. And every if God if God is not going to, every time God shows God shows up and He's not opening blind eyes, that means it's not God. Every time God shows up and He's not opening people's wounds, that means it's not God. But but the, the real thing about relationship is I move when Jesus moves. And this song gets me every time I touch God. As she said, that part she said, um, um, I want to be where you are. That part is so deep. I want to be where you are. You know, a lot of times we, 
we get stuck in the moment. They're like, okay, God, yeah, I want to stay here. Just like what we're saying. I want to stay here. Like people are like, ah, God, let's do, let's do altar here now. Ah, ah, let's do cathedral here. Let's publish it. Let's put like, <laughs> let's put smoke. Let's put everything. But the thing about relationship is, if Jesus is running, we are running with him. If he's flying, we are flying with him. If he's sleeping on the boat in the face of in the eye of the storm, we are sleeping with him there. And if yeah. he's crawling, we are crawling with him. If he's walking, we dare not run. So is that is that place of being where he is and and it, and it transcends to our relationship? Like we can we can be the ones to hold on to to the hurt, to the pain. When Christ has moved on, moved on to grace, when he has moved on to love, when he has moved on to forgiveness, we are still like, no, God, this person must come and apologize. This person must come and tell me story. Or really, Christ is like really. Did the, the, the um, centurion, did the, um, this, um, the soldier, did they have to apologize to me before I forgive them on the <laughs> So just being where he is, like, God, where are you now? I'm pressing about different things, so many things on my mind. But where, where do you want me to be? What do you want me to do? You want me to just sit down and look at you? Okay, to so just listen to music and sleep. <laughs> what do you want me to do? <laughs> so it's really, really interesting. The more, the more we, and, and another thing I've learned, yeah, I think just last week, is even the chaos, even the hindrances that we that we encounter once in a while because we are still in the flesh. Even as as we gain knowledge and we and we get to walk closer with him, we we'll still we we'll still we we'll still fall into um, error. So the thing is, these hindrances, these roadblocks, they are invitations to actually enjoy more of his presence. So every time I, I catch myself worrying about the things that I know very well that I should not be worrying about, I'm just like, okay. I will drop it and just listen to what he has to say. I will not start fighting myself and start saying, oh, I've missed it again. But instead, I take that, that obstacle, I take it as an opportunity to learn, to learn something that I didn't see before, to see something that I didn't see before. And I think this prayer will help me see what I can't see. It help me hear what I can't hear. What are you trying to say to me this season that I can't understand? Because we might, we might just, we might get obsessed with getting instructions and God is waiting on us to act on the previous instruction, knowing that each level of faith is built on the, the former level of obedience. So if we if we if we are always always in order to get to get the next instruction and we don't want to do what he told us last, he'll just be looking at us. But thank God that he's very loving and very patient. So this this class has been very, 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 very interesting. Thank you so much. God bless. You're welcome, Sammy. God bless you, Sammy. <laughs> That was very lovely of you. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Um, Victory. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Well, when I first saw today's um session, the code, I was just like, I don't think I want to listen. I don't want to hear anything on dream. Is it dream I'm finding out to remember? I want to be interpreting. But then I've always said I don't want to miss any of these sessions. So I said I will just attend, and maybe I will still gain something. I will just attend. <laughs> but then when I when I came and the whole thing took a new turn, I was so happy because this is just for me. Since I started my journey three months ago, I've been so anxious. I've been so anxious. I don't want to make any mistake. I don't want to go back to the beginning. I don't want to start. I don't want to like reach a stage and then I found myself going back and I was always anxious and always scared. Like, am I doing less? Am I not doing it the right way? Am I, like, it's always been bothering me. But then after hearing today's word and 
should be at peace. We should just listen to God. And I just, mm-hmm. yes, I know right from that, I've not been listening to God. I just always want to help God. Like, <laughs> so, <laughs> help God. <laughs> just like, <laughs> let me just like, be, I have to pray, I have to read my Bible. There's been a tradition. It's not because I want to, I still gain them, but the main reason why I take up my Bible is just, I just have to read the word. <laughs> but after hearing today's word, I'm just so happy. I feel so at peace with myself. And a lot of God has been speaking since this started this whole God has been speaking and I've been listening. And I'm so excited. I'm just as I even attended because <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so excited. I'm so excited. Thank you so much. Thank you so so much. You're very welcome. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Um, Chiso. Hi, good evening. Good evening. And so obviously, like everybody has said, um, I actually joined because obviously um, dreams. But the thing mm. is that, or the funny thing is that obviously I heard peace. And the funny thing is that before that, I was pretty angry in a sense, not angry, but um. I'm part of a school and we're supposed to do like a presentation on what it is that we've been doing, like our ministry and stuff like that. Mm. And, you know, I was hearing a lot of commentary about, oh, you need to have statistics of this. You need to have done this. You need to have practical something of this, you know, that kind of thing. And I was like, please, why all these people just be putting pressure on little old me? And like, you know, so I was angry. I was angry about that and I'm like, God, nobody has the right to tell me whether I didn't do something or didn't do this or didn't do that. You know, but the minute I just had peace, I was just like, okay, Jesus, just calm down. Like, just calm down. Like, just take it and just calm down. So I'm, I'm thankful that, you know, because um, the main reason why I joined was, you know, I had to, I was like, you know, at least let something cheer me up. You know, let me not be thinking <laughs> about presentation, presentation, presentation. And, you know, yeah. That that's thank you, thank you, thank you for this because I definitely needed that word of peace. You're very welcome. Yeah. You're very welcome. God bless you. God bless you. So yeah, um, yeah, it's so nice to hear everyone, you know, and um, yeah, I myself am very um I'm very relaxed, I'm very sober, I'm very thankful to God, and I'm just um I'm grateful, you know, and um <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because God just said this is the calm before the storm. <laughs> so oh my. So yes, um <laughs> I'm grateful. So um so yeah, you know, uh I'll say this is um what would I call it? This is the mark of a new beginning, I guess. And um, let's see where God takes us because he wants to really build something very solid, very strong, and something that is able to function in the world because a person who is truly spiritual is very material. And a person who is very material, so a person who is truly material is very spiritual, you see, because spirit and matter are the same thing. So you can't say you're a spiritual person and not care about the material. Like you can't say you're a material person I not care about the spiritual, you see. So everything that God is doing is to help us to 
function properly in every aspect of our lives and whatever fields that it might be in and flourish, flourish in every aspect of life, flourish, you know. And um, yeah, <laughs> we're here for it. <laughs> so on that note, I'll say thank everyone. I thank every one of you for joining us today. And um, so yeah, from next week, there won't be any class on Tuesdays anymore. It'll just be on Fridays. And um, we're going to just be building from that. And um, every week there's going to be um, a study guide and a, an assignment um, manual that we can use to read and you know ask que um, for questions to study with. And so yeah, we're actually building like like I said, it's actually a spiritual school, and we're going to we're going to develop a lot of things. It's not just it's much beyond. Um, anyway, let's see. let's see, no problem. Let, let's start where we are. You know, by the grace of God, we'll see how things are going to unfold. So yes, um, I'd like to like to close us off in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, thank you. <laughs> thank you for doing that which only you are able to do. We give you praise and we give you thanks. We're grateful that that word that you had for us today, we received it. And truly, truly, it has borne much fruit in our hearts. Father, all praise and glory be unto you. Thank you for where you're taking every single one of us. We give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 <laughs>